Welcome, friend. I hope you're well. You're listening to the Mr. X Dreams podcast, where I regale you with stories of all things paranormal. Now, whether these stories come from my listeners, my own personal and family experience, or fictional stories from my own imagination, all stories you'll hear here are written and performed by yours truly. Make sure you follow this podcast for countless journeys to come. If you're listening on a rating-supported platform, like Apple iTunes, a five-star review would be very much appreciated. If you have a scary story of your own, reach out at mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. That's mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. And share your story with me. You might even hear it on a future episode. Now, sit back, relax, and spend a moment or two here in my world. I'm Mr. X, and welcome to my dreams. This episode is a part of a series of my older recordings I did for the Mr. X Dreams YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast version, please excuse references to YouTube and subscribers and things like that. Consider it a relic of the past. If you're the type to prefer visuals along with your stories, I usually put artwork and motion graphics to go along with the experience. You can find those videos over at YouTube.com by searching Mr. X Dreams. We'll talk again soon. It was just another day, and yet another failed audition. I'd been in Miami a little over two years, hoping to get somewhere in the acting world. Probably could have tried going to Atlanta. I know a lot of big TV shows and movies are done up there. I don't know. Something about Miami just, like, called out to me. Anyway, I sure as hell couldn't have afforded to move to L.A. or New York, even if I was willing to risk it all. Not unless I wanted to live on the streets, hoping to catch the eye of some casting director. <laughs> Maybe on their way from one fancy coffee shop to the next. I was at this point where, going back would mean not only giving up on my dream, but I'd basically be jumping headfirst down a financial hole I dug for myself. Nice and deep, too. I probably had a good three or four months of rent money to my name. After that... It was either call up my stepdad or start raiding recycling bins for enough cardboard to build my own shelter. To be honest, if it came to it, probably would have gone straight for the bins. I noticed myself stopping to admire the amazing quality of a refrigerator box I saw in the back of a delivery truck. I remember thinking to myself, I could deal with that. I'd been living in one of those tiny studio apartments. Couldn't be that different now, could it? That used to be the story of my life. Take a risk, lose big. It's what I did. I don't know why I'm telling you this. You've been sitting here listening to my monologue. I appreciate you, though. Not like anyone else will. You're new here, right? Still got that fresh blood smell on you. Even some life left in those big brown eyes. Or... What are they, blue? Green? Uh, kind of hard to see with my eyes being... Well, you see what I got going on up here. Not so pretty these days, I bet. Allow me to introduce myself. Soon-to-be Academy Award-winning actor, 
director and or writer, Harris James, at your service. You see, I'm getting out of here one of these days. Got it all figured out. These people walking around the halls in here, staring at us through these giant glass walls, they have no idea that they're in the presence of greatness. If you learn anything from me, kid, let it be this. Never give up on your dreams. I'll take your silence as confirmation. Thanks. So anyway, like, like I was saying, Miami, right? I was heading back to my little cubbyhole when I slipped and fell into a puddle on the sidewalk like a freaking idiot. Cut my hand pretty good, too. Not in a cool way, either. More like a nasty-looking, inconvenient and painful way. I mean, it, it was bad. Almost thought of going to the hospital to get stitches, but then I decided to try and tough it out. Actually, I still have the wound. Want to see it? <laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> Nasty, right? Don't mind the little worm-looking thing. I call him Henry. He's kind of grown on me. Well, in me. <laughs> anyway, that's when everything went downhill. Soon as I got to my room, I just, like, dropped like a sack of freaking potatoes. Knocked out right in the middle of the floor. Might have even cracked my head against the nightstand by the door. Not sure. I woke up sometime in the night, feeling more rested and rejuvenated than ever before, except with the pleasant addition of a splitting headache. It was that kind of deep sleep where your body just doesn't want to get up and start moving afterward, you know what I mean? And oh yeah, by the way, this is important. There was a bunch of construction workers outside. Wasn't sure what they were doing at the time, but I mean, you'll see. Just keep listening. Haven't had anyone to tell this story to in a while. So I checked my pager, right? And saw I got something from one of the talent agencies I signed up with. I was pissed at myself for falling asleep. Thought maybe I'd missed my chance to get back to them. I figured their office would be closed by the time I found a payphone, but I decided to try anyway. Slipped my shoes back on and went to go out the door, but it was locked. When I touched it, I noticed something strange. I usually grab the doorknob and have to pull the door in a little bit before I can undo the deadbolt, right? It's kind of messed up that way. First thing that caught me off guard was that the doorknob didn't move at all. No wiggle, no turn, nothing. I tried the deadbolt and it was completely stuck, same as the knob. Confused as all get out, I looked out the peephole. Just around the edges, I could see this, like, metal frame appeared to be attached, holding the door shut. I think my heart skipped a beat when I realized I was locked into my own house. I felt a faint buzz coming from the other side of the door, too. I pressed my ear up against it, and I think... I'm pretty sure it was coming from whatever machine was holding the door shut. Of course, I mean, now I know about most of the tech they use here, but that's besides the point. Like I said, you're the new one, right? You might not know all this stuff. So I started to panic and went looking for another way out. I noticed the same humming metal clamp devices on my windows. I was still able to look outside, and I could see a small tented area around the sidewalk where I fell that morning. Bunch of guys dressed in hazmat suits like in that movie E.T. And they had what looked like 
flat panes of glass with these glowing images on them. Sort of like if you took just the screen off of a computer monitor. None of that big bulky stuff in the back. Come to find out, they call those tablets. They're like supercomputers the size of a tabloid magazine, which is nuts. The screens lit up the plastic face shields the men wore, and they were also wearing gas masks. I almost crapped my pants when I heard the three loudest door knocks I've ever heard in my entire freaking life. Actually, I'm pretty sure that every door on my floor was being pounded on at the exact same time. The echoes filled the hallway, and I jammed myself against the wall under the windowsill. About ten seconds later, I noticed a deadbolt turning open. I could barely hear it until it clicked into place, which was odd because, like I said, the lock was kind of jacked up. Then the doorknob began to turn. The door edged open slowly and some guy, like, leaned his head in. His eyes were sort of bugged out and no joke, they like, swiveled around as if he was scanning the inside of my place before locking in on me. Mind you, his head did not move during this process. You know how when you're looking around and your head moves with your eyes, right? Not this guy. So freaking weird. Almost cartoonish how he looked. His eyes stayed on me with this empty, vacant stare. They looked dead. Like if I started bleeding out right there in the middle of my living room, he would definitely not care one bit. He'd probably just look at me like, Oh well, that's interesting. He leaned in a bit more, revealing part of his upper body. He was wearing a clean navy blue dress suit, bright white undershirt, and a bright red tie. This was not the way a normal human being enters a room. Didn't even look comfortable. Mr. James, there's been an incident. We have some questions for you. May I come in? Oh yeah, and he had this totally uncalled for grin on his face. I was already creeped out by the fact that this guy was intruding into my tiny personal space, let alone in the most awkward way possible, leaning halfway in through the front door which he just unlocked from the outside. That smile just pushed it over the top. I could hear a few other people opening their doors and engaging in conversation with, I assume, his affiliates. I just stared at him, having no clue what to say. As I stood there gawking, the smile faded from his face before popping up again like somebody hit a reset button on the back of his head. I guess he was tired of watching me stare in silence, so he just decided to walk the rest of the way in. This will only take a moment, I promise. I didn't realize I was still slightly pressed against the back wall out of sheer apprehension. May I take a seat? I still hesitated. The man had a haunting confidence in his voice, a kind of nonchalance that made me feel like he had some high-level authority to do what he was doing, no matter how creepy it was. I wondered if he was with the government or something. <laughs> Little did I know, right? He pulled up a folding chair and motioned for me to sit across from him at my very small dinner table. He had a very straight and proper posture. He was clean-shaven with a military-style haircut. I almost let myself get comfortable until he settled into the chair and that blank look washed back over his face. His smile started fading again. Mr. James, I don't want to keep you, so I'll get right to it. Have you seen anything strange in the area, in or around your apartment building lately? No. No, I haven't. Why do you ask? 
Have you experienced any unusual symptoms within the past 24 to 48 hours? No, I... Hey, can you explain what's going on here, please? How about your neighbors? Have you had any contact with someone you believe was ill or seemed impaired in any way? Listen, man, I... Who are you? Why are you in my house? Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way, Mr. James. If you like, I'll provide you with the name and number of my supervisor as soon as we're done here. What the hell are you talking about, man? How do you know my name? I'm sorry, I don't follow. Well, I actually have to go. I need to find a payphone and return a call if you don't mind. It's extremely important, man. My career might be on the line, actually. But you... Uh, I mean, you understand, right? Yes, in a moment. As soon as we're done, here. Now, have you come into contact with any unusual substances in the past 24 to 48 hours? I really couldn't think of anything strange at the time. I don't know why, but for a split second I looked down at my hand, and that's where it all went to hell. I didn't notice until that moment that the laceration in my hand had healed completely. There wasn't even a scar. It was like it never happened. What, are you confused? <laughs> yeah, this nasty thing right here didn't always look this bad. We'll talk about that later, though, don't worry. So anyway, as I drew my eyes back up from that downward glance, I noticed the strange guy looking down at my hand. Sir, I... Crispin. What? He stared at my hand, doing that dead-eyed look again. That's my name. Sorry for my late reply. Are you sure you don't have anything unusual to report? His smile crept back up to the normal level when he raised his eyes to meet mine. Did something happen to your hand, Mr. James? No, uh, this... This was a while back. I'm, I'm just very tired. Please, I think it's time for you to leave. We're done here, okay? I tried my best to sound firm, but I really didn't have the resolve to back it up. I'm afraid I cannot do that, sir. Please allow me to examine your hand. No, I... Crispin's hands shot across the table faster than I could react. I was expecting it to be cold and clammy because, by that point, I was honestly pretty sure he was some kind of robot. He wasn't. Definitely flesh and blood. I still haven't figured out how they do that. The man's grip on my hand was uncomfortable. He prodded at it, twisted it around and examined it with a slow, methodical, and yet somehow maniacal intent. He'd clearly decided he knew something was up, and he wasn't going to let me go without a thorough investigation. What do you want from me, man? I asked. He ignored the question, opting to continue his increasingly violent inspection of my hand. Crispin eventually turned it over so the palm faced up. He stared at it for a few seconds and then looked back up at me with the same thin smile. As always, his chipper tone was extremely out of place. If you tell me what happened, I will leave. I know at the time I was trying to be an actor, but I, I have to be honest. All traces of the classical theater training I received from my junior high school completely left my mind. I couldn't keep the deception and worry off my face for everything I was worth. I knew he knew, and I also knew he wasn't leaving without my story. His grip tightened on my hand until it started to hurt, like a lot. 
I tried pulling away from him, but it was like trying to pull a damn baby zebra from a crocodile. I felt this little sting of panic start to wash over me as I realized things were going bad fast. Not really thinking about anything but escape, I pulled and twisted my hand until it began to crack. His arm never moved, despite my increasingly desperate thrashing to get away. His smile stretched all the way across his face when I finally wrenched myself out of his grip. I noticed his eyes widen, and I looked down at my hand. It was crushed. The skin around my wrist was hanging down like a banana peel. I could see the raw meat underneath, and the whole thing was slick with dark blood. I raised the mangled hand up to my face and almost passed out from the smell. Crispin stared at me with an intensity I didn't think he was capable of. You ever been knocked out? You know how this, like, blackness comes over your vision until it's all dark. That's what started happening to me, but before I passed out, I noticed my skin moving back up into place. The flaps of hanging flesh slowly unpeeled themselves. Even the blood I lost was crawling up my leg to make its way back into my wrist. Mr. James, if you would, please explain this development. What? I... He crashed right through the table and slammed into me, sending me straight into the wall. I could feel my bones cracking all over, blood vessels bursting in my shoulders and hips, the back of my skull fracturing against the concrete, my elbow breaking on the windowsill. Dude's strength was freaking ridiculous. Mr. James, please explain this. I could also feel something wiggling under my skin, like really fast. It was like a hundred little ambulances running code red to every spot where I felt pain. Within seconds, my bones were getting fixed and the bleeding was stopping. It felt... amazing. What felt less amazing was when that squirmy feeling started to come up my throat. You see, little Henry here wasn't always so small. Either that or he had some big old mama worm living in my throat. This huge black mass came flying out of my mouth and smacked Crispin right in the face. What it did to his head was basically like... Ugh. Okay, think of a chalkboard, okay? Say you drew a stick man on the chalkboard, right? Make sure you draw him with a nice big head. And then what you do is you take a brand new eraser and you just wipe the top half of stick man Crispin's head clean the hell off. That's what old Henry did to this dude. It was freaking disgusting. Looked like it left behind some type of bright pink acid or something because the wound on what was left of his head continued to burn down through his neck and chest. Then the worm just sucked back into my throat, which felt even worse than when it came out. As soon as Crispin's body hit the ground, this high-pitched beeping started from his watch. Like an alarm, I guess. Four, maybe five Crispins came swarming into my house, all identical. We need you to Mr. cooperate, James. Mr. Mr. James. James. We just need to Please speak. Please come with us, Mr. James. Henry took care of them, too. I was covered in both blood and that acidic pink stuff by the time it was all over. Ended up about knee-deep in Crispin parts. I walked over and wiped the fluids off my window to see what was going on outside. They had the building surrounded. By this time, I could hear all the neighbors on my floor wandering around trying to figure out what the hell was going on. I knew things were going to be bad when I saw all the hazmat guys backing away, 
as a huge tractor-trailer type vehicle drove up to the building. There was a number printed on the side of it. I think it was 457 or something like that. The rear gate opened up and there was this person who walked out. I don't even know if I can call it that. It was like a walking flame shaped like a man. It walked right into my building and within a few seconds I started smelling smoke. The screams came soon after that. I tried jumping out the window but those damn barriers were still there. Some of my neighbors saw the door open and ran into my place, desperate for a way out. Too panicked to even notice the dismembered body parts on the ground. Everyone was clamoring over each other for survival. I held on a while but the smoke. I eventually blacked out. I woke up and it was morning again and I was fine, oddly. But the building was basically a pile of ashes and rubble. They took me while I was still barely conscious. But I did happen to see one other person who survived. A kid. Locked eyes right as we both were getting loaded into different vans. Which brings us to the here and now. My first few years with the foundation were actually pretty cool. Sent me into places with unknown or uncontrolled assets. Way better than being an actor, I bet. They knew I couldn't die. They promised me I'd be able to earn my way out through service. It was for the good of humanity that we contained these anomalies. Sound familiar? Never occurred to me that this agency doesn't do catch and release. In actuality, they owned me. So tell me, were you the kid I saw in the ashes? Yeah, I knew that was you. Still got that baby face even though you're all grown up. Now that you're older, retired, they have a new use for you. The worms don't keep healing us forever, as I'm sure you figured out. Thing that sucks, though, is you still can't die. That's the part they're still trying to figure out. All the old wounds, every break, every tear, they eventually come back to haunt you. You learn to put up with it after a while. Not like you feel pain anymore anyway, right? So, <sighs> welcome to the vivisection labs. Oh, and uh, don't bother trying to burn your way out. Even if you do have any left, the acid only seems to work on organic material. Mr. James, are you ready for your evening appointment? <clears throat> the sea man. What's up, bro? Yep. <sighs> oh. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's freaking do this thing. So, hey, man, um, are they are they feeding us today, or I don't think so, Mister James. <sighs> Damn. Greetings, my friends. Mister X Dreams here. So, first of all, I want to give a huge shout out and thanks to my dear friend. My new friend, all the way over in Australia, SFGT, Stories, Fables, Ghostly Tales. He has a really awesome channel that actually inspired me with his uh, SCP readings to write this story, which is the first one I've done as an original creepypasta type of deal in quite some time, as I'm sure you're aware. I know a lot of you guys um, prefer the true stories and things like that, but 
I've been kind of wanting to get back into doing creepypastas every so often. So I figured I'd, I'd put this one out. I got the idea a while back and I was very happy to hear that SFGT would be willing to play a character within this story. And I think he did a wonderful job. If you liked what he did, he's got a very charismatic and uh, endearing style of, of reading and the way he produces his videos, the way he interacts with his subscribers. I find it very enjoyable and I think you probably will too. So head on over after this video and uh, check him out. Give him a subscribe if you enjoy what you hear. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you will. I listen to him all the time and, and he's a, a really nice and sweet guy as well. So anyway, about this story, it's something that, as I said, I was kind of inspired by the idea of these SCPs. And at first I wasn't really going to, I wasn't going to go in this direction because there seemed to be a lot of uh, sensitivity involved with the type of people who engage with the SCP community. And there, there's almost a, it took me a while to confirm that the foundation itself is not some kind of actual real entity that will come after you for talking about SCPs in the wrong manner. <laughs> so honestly, I was a bit wary at first when, when dealing with this subject matter. But then I just decided, you know what, I'm not using anybody's intellectual property or anything like that as far as I know. I only kind of vaguely allude to, I, you know, I kind of give nods and homages to a couple of things from the SCP world. But I, I found that the story itself to be uh, an interesting concept. The idea that someone could basically, could have been a superhero if left to their own devices if they wanted, or a supervillain. But instead, basically as soon as they obtain some amazing power, they become a caged bird and, a, and, and essentially a servant, a servant of another entity. So I thought that was an interesting thing to explore. I would almost like to see that done as like a short film. If I had, if I had money, I would, that this would be one of the stories that I would put into production as like a short 10-15 minute film. I, I would think that would be awesome to see. But um, let's see, what do, what do I have in terms of updates? I'm recording this in a hotel room right now because I'm out on the road and it took me about an hour to record this because there seems to be, um, as always, a drag race competition happening on the road that my hotel sits on. So I hope they're having a great safe time, but I wish I could tell them how much they're ruining my, my uh, recording session and elongating the amount of time I have to sit, sit hunched over in a hot hotel room with the refrigerator unplugged and the air conditioning off, and I go through all that, and I still have people appearing to do uh, donuts outside here in Georgia where I'm currently trapped. But anyway, I got it done, and hopefully you guys enjoyed it. So, if you did enjoy it, make sure you leave a like, subscribe if you haven't already, and uh, make sure you check out my man SFGT. A link to his channel will be in the description box down below. And stay tuned, because the next several videos will most likely be consisting of stories that I write based on interviews of true encounters with my subscribers. So, um... 
If that's what you come to this channel for, don't worry. Those are not going anywhere anytime soon. And um, I have been getting some pretty interesting emails lately. And I just got to go through those and get some, get some good leads that I can then pursue and get some more information on. Start writing up some true stories for you guys once again. If anyone's concerned or interested, my the job thing is going pretty well, although it is extremely hectic and I'm getting calls all hours of the day and stuff like that, but it's worth it. It's good experience so far and um, hopefully only have a few months left of that extra responsibility. Then I should be back to uh, back to normal and have a little bit more time for YouTube. And I think someone's... Uh, Poop just went right by me in the wall, down the down the big tube there. Okay, so on that note, my friends, I hope you're all well. I hope you're doing great. I hope you've had a great day or night or wherever it is you may be in the world. And uh, I want you to know that I love you, my friend. So take care. Until next time, I'm Mr. X, and may your nights be full of dreams. Oh, and by the way, as a tribute to my dear friend Henry, the worm, in this story, I'd like to see you write the word worm in your comment down below. I'm sure it won't be too hard for you to get creative on this one. Today's code word is worm. Later, my friends. Love you guys. Hello again, my dreamers. Mr. X Dreams here. I wanted to thank you for listening to the Mr. X Dreams podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said before, make sure you follow this podcast for countless journeys to come. Don't forget, if you can, please leave a 5-star rating and review. It'd be very much appreciated, and it certainly helps out. If you feel I deserve it, that is. Also, if you have a scary story of your own to share, reach out to me at mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. That's mr.xdreams54 at gmail.com. You might even hear it on a future episode of the show. Once again, thanks for listening, my friend. I hope you're well. Enjoy your day, night, weekend, or whatever's coming next. I wish you the best in all your endeavors. Until next time, I'm Mr. X, and may your nights be full of dreams.